so brilliant in motherhood. Yes. Well, I think that was a, a brilliant visual, wasn't it, for some of the messiness and mayhem and fun and discovery that motherhood often brings. So, but we're not alone, are we, in the animal kingdom with parenting? And we've got a few, um, a compilation of images coming up in a little video that shows some parenting in the animal world. And I think that you'll find some of it surprisingly relatable. Well, let's pop, let's pop the first video up now. Some, sometimes, if we're lucky, motherhood oh, is like this. Yeah, I think oh, this, is a, this, is maybe, no. this is maybe a highlight reel of the, of the best of times of motherhood. This is lovely and cuddly. Yeah. yeah. Did anyone lovely. start the morning oh. with nice <laughs> This is good. Belinda. Yeah, Belinda. this is happy if, moments. If I'm honest, yes. this doesn't feel like the whole experience of motherhood. No. Though. Sometimes it feels more like the game we just played involving lots of disgusting substances that it you have does. to put your hands in. It does, it does. Anybody else remember? Yeah, no, like this, this, is, this is definitely the highlight reel. Oh. And I think you'll find, though, that sometimes motherhood feels a little bit more like the next video. Let's have a go. Oh, oh it's more cute animals, then. Yeah. So this is kind of like that moment in the playground when your kid is happily playing, but it's time to go home. It's time to leave, and, and you've told them it's time to leave, but, but nothing's really happening. <laughs> There's not a lot of action in the right direction oh, towards the car park at this him. point. She's chasing him. <laughs> I do remember moments of chasing one of my oh. children. Yeah. Oops, and he's off. Yeah. yeah. But it's not just playgrounds. It can be the confectionery aisle in the supermarket, can't it? Or the ice cream van. Uh, or a play date at a best and friend's house. She's dragging <laughs> him by the... Yeah. yeah. This is actually ringing yeah. a lot more bells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this, this is when it gets... Is this looking bit... familiar to anyone else this morning or is it... Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. Uh, anyone? 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 I yeah. thought the whole purpose of dungarees was so you could pick your children up yeah, by the away. dungarees and carry them away. Yeah. yeah. So I think some of us will know what these yeah. moments feel like. Okay, I'm, I'm going to leave you to it for a moment. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, so isn't it extraordinary, the, um, the lengths that we go to, to look after our kids and to see them launched into the world? But I don't know how much time any of you have given to the thought that there's actually lots of different ways that we mother. And one of them is, of course, the woman who goes to the greatest personal lengths, who even gives up autonomy of her own body for a while, um, and, and provides a temporary physical home for a brand new little person growing inside her. A pregnant woman carries within a new beginning, a, a, like a sacred recipe of chromosomes, given that spark of life by God. But the internal mothering is only the initial nine months of the story, isn't it? We know that there's so much of motherhood happens after that. And of course, um, this is at the point where mothering can be very different in different contexts. In a whole range of circumstances, we might find ourselves nurturing and caring for people who actually aren't our own biological children, but for whom we have made a choice to walk alongside for a short time or maybe over the long term, to keep loving through really difficult times, maybe to shoulder some pain for and this kind of support and caring with great commitment and self-giving um, is so important. And we are all called, not just mothers, not just women, all of us are called to these kind of great labors of love. 
So in thinking about this question, what do you carry? This kind of growing and developing of other people isn't just for women, is it? It's for all of us. And some of us will have carried literally a new human life within us. But all of us, at one time or another, will carry a calling from God, a God-given desire to love and support and nurture growth um, in people that aren't necessarily our own biological offspring. So perhaps we could just think about a yet wider perspective for mothering, for bearing and nurturing life. The Bible tells us that we all, men and women, carry within us something else incredibly precious, something which we are called to honor and allow to grow to fruition. And that's the spark of God's presence, God's image within us, and all the dreams and gifts that he plants inside us. Um, in the New Testament, in a book called 1 Corinthians, it's at 619, verse 19, it says, do you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have received from God? So in this way, we are all, our bodies are home to the God's presence and also to all that he wants to create and bring into the world through us. So the question we might ask ourselves this morning is, are we prepared to trust that there is God-given, holy potential carried in all of us, despite our human brokenness, despite maybe our quirky personalities, um, perhaps um, our complicated circumstances, or just our basic human limitations. The truth, and I really hold on to this for every single one of us this morning, um, is that there is more life and more grace and more goodness waiting to break out in our lives than we dare believe possible. And yet we are so quick sometimes to forget that this treasure is waiting in the very ordinary, mundane soil of our daily lives. We forget at the par at the, in the, right at the heart of life there's this paradox that the unspectacular, the sometimes the downright broken-looking materials of our lives can be shot through with his holiness and his deep purpose. This is the miracle of grace. So this morning, let's get curious Ask yourself, what am I carrying? What potential and purposes are there in me, growing slowly to term? What dreams and visions am I holding? And what do they need to grow? Am I being nudged slowly towards something new, something better by the Spirit? And there may be some here today that wouldn't describe themselves as a Christian at all. And this talk of carrying the spark of the divine within sounds a bit new, a bit weird. But I would say this is all for you too. Within you, there will be precious, precious hopes and dreams, gifts growing in you that will change you and the world around you. Now, we've got, um, this kind of talks in two parts. We've got a bit of time of worship now. So we've got an opportunity to surrender all that we are, all that we could be to God. We could ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us, what is he leading us towards? What does he want to grow in us at the moment? What could we carry for him out into our world?
Isn't it great when we find unexpected things in ordinary places? So, Scripture makes it clear that God longs to have influence on the world, to restore it and to heal it. And the Bible talks at length about the kingdom of God, what it looks like and feels like when God's influence is felt directly here on earth with us. And do you know one key way that the kingdom of God can be experienced in our lives? It's through you and I and the things that we carry in us for God. They change us and they change the world. In the Gospel of Mark, in the New Testament, there's a really tiny, short parable. That's just a story that Jesus told. It's the only time it's mentioned in the entire Bible. And it's the parable of the growing seed. And if I may, I'm going to read it to you. It's, It's very short, as you can see. And this is what it says. This is Jesus speaking, explaining the kingdom of God. And he says, this... This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he doesn't know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, and then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts his sickle to it, because the harvest has come. So one thing this parable is doing is it is reminding us again that in the hidden depths of our souls, if we are welcoming of the Spirit of God, He is slowly seeding and growing new life and likeness and goodness within us. We may not see it, we may not realize it, Like in the the man in this story, we may not understand it. But we can trust God's word that he is birthing within us things that will produce harvest for us and also for the world. And we all know, don't we, people, there's many here in the room that I can say this of, that, um, that our lives have been touched deeply through them because through them we've experienced and seen things directly from God, love and patience and timely words of wisdom that have really impacted our lives. And you know, it's not necessarily true that those people's lives have always been easy or tidy or free of mistakes. But in this way, the things that we carry inside us of God become tangible, felt outposts of the kingdom of God in a world that is desperate for hope and is longing for compassion. So the question remains, whether you sit here today as a believer or as a seeker, maybe a cynic, what goodness is growing from God in your heart today? Maybe it's a dream or a vision, something that you would long to become a reality. Perhaps it's a rock-solid hope for somebody else at a time when they just can't hold on to that hope for themselves. Perhaps it's an idea or a solution to a problem that you're just beginning to see more clearly. Perhaps there's an opportunity for you to step in and make a real difference to someone's life, or maybe the work of an organization. Do you carry a gift from God, which if fully expressed, would have a bigger impact 
than you could currently possibly imagine. But so often the reason that we don't pursue these dreams is because we feel all too human, too weak, too imperfect. We doubt that we could ever change a thing. We feel not enough or just way too much for the situation at hand. How could God work through somebody like me? Surely he needs better people, people with less of a past, cleverer, more talented people. But this is simply the tension of carrying perfect love in an imperfect human heart. It's the paradox of heaven and earth intermingling. And there are so many words of reassurance in Scripture. Like in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 to 9, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So this is the powerful essence of both the mother and the growing seed metaphors. Our lives are brimful of holy, God-given potential. Not thankfully because we're incredible or brilliant, but because the things growing inside us from God could be. Our hearts, if open to God's love and grace, are great fields of earth that God longs to plant with beautiful acts of love and generosity and deep purpose. But it is also true to say that for some of us, maybe for all of us at different times in our lives, there are periods of waiting. Periods when all we can sense and see in our situations, even sometimes in our relationship with God, are great, dry empty tracts of earth with no obvious signals of growth, very few green shoots of life popping up. And these times can feel hard. They can feel like dark nights of the soul. And I don't understand why they happen, but I think we should be honest about the fact that they do. And yet, and yet at the very same time, I believes wholeheartedly that we are never abandoned. We are never anywhere but held in the love of God, even if we can't feel it. And he remains alongside us as we crouch in the dark, waiting for the new signs of life to arrive. And we can, by grace, keep trusting that in these hard times, maybe particularly in these hard times, Seeds of real significance and potential are gathering energy there in the empty-looking fields, and they will produce beautiful fruit and harvests of joy. So how do we respond to the truth that God makes his home in us, just as we make our home in him? Firstly, perhaps it's important to remember that soil needs light and water in order for things to grow well. And we're the same. We need to experience the warmth of God's loving presence and the drenching of the Holy Spirit in the everyday soil of our lives. And then we'll be so much more ready, so much more receptive for the gifts of God to grow roots into our lives. So we need to find time to rest and receive from God so he can prepare our hearts for the new things he wants us to carry into the world for him. 
And this leads me to my second point. And I think, actually, regardless of where we are on our journey of faith, we need to learn how to create margin and space in our lives to avoid rushing through each day inattentive, maybe unaware of the depths of our own lives and the quiet leading of Christ. And I increasingly believe that all really good ideas, all anointed ministries, all really creative innovations begin with listening. Do I, do you make time to listen to our own souls? How could we make time in our already over busy lives? Um, do you remember a few weeks ago, Kate talked about um, the time band, no, the bandits, the financial bandits that rob our, us of sound budgeting? Well, I think that relentless rushing and busyness are a couple of cunning time bandits robbing our souls of reflection and awareness. They are enemies of holy curiosity and discovery. And one way to shake them off, I think, is to intentionally seek out and spend time in some of the thin places between our hearts and God. And what I mean by that is find those places and activities where you seem to find your feet a little bit more in sync with God's, where you tend to settle into the presence of God that little bit more easily. A practice, a place, an activity that just opens you up to the Holy Spirit a bit more. We need times of solitude and silence sometimes to hear God's whispering. Because often we don't discover our purpose so much in the big dramatic events and revelations, although that's amazing if it happens. Very often it's just in the little crumb trails of curiosity that we find our purpose. And I love how the writer of the book of Acts in the New Testament said so incredibly prosaically when describing how they made some really important decisions. He said, "Mm, it, it just seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Isn't that wonderful? It seemed good. It seemed right. It seemed life-giving. It seemed nourishing. It seemed full of possibility and potential. But we need space, don't we? We need quiet sometimes to sense and discern what feels good, what feels, mm, you know what, that really feels right. Do we know, can we, do we spend enough time listening to our hearts and listening to the Holy Spirit? Perhaps we could do this act of discernment, act of getting in touch with our souls and with God in in all sorts of different ways. It might be time spent in his word. It might be time in prayer. It could be time just walking out in nature. It could be cycling with the wind in your hair. It could be going up and down the swimming pool, doing your lengths. God God, um, works in so many different ways to just get his purposes and his, and his life inside us. So the question is, is something feeling good to you this morning and to the Holy Spirit? Perhaps that's something that you could ponder right now. So as we um, begin to bring this service to a close, perhaps... Um, you have been feeling something brewing inside of you.
Maybe you've been feeling courage, gathering to forgive someone that you felt you could never forgive. Or finally let go of a grudge or a disappointment that has held you in its grip. Perhaps for the first time, you sit here this morning and you sense that maybe you would like to get to know this Jesus more, what following him might involve. Or do you feel a holy kind of energy brewing to launch something, a a business or, or some kind of initiative, a new ministry being birthed into you by God? Or perhaps this morning, there's just a tiny little seed that's waiting to be seen and waiting to grow. So I wonder if we could do something a little bit different this morning. Right now, could we just take just a minute to sit with these possibilities and to listen to our own hearts and to the whispers and nudges of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask that we could just sit in silence right where we are. We might want to close our eyes. We might want to sit with our palms open if that feels right, if that feels good. But what I ask is that we just, apart from the kids and babies, we make space for them. But as adults, we, just, we don't pray out loud. We don't, we don't say anything that would interrupt. Just a minute of headspace for you and your God. And we'll know when we finish. I'll I'll finish in a very short prayer. But let's just settle just for a minute into the presence of God. We thank you, Spirit, that you are here, that you breathe your life and your grace into our souls. Lord God, we thank you that we are each so beloved by you. And would you help us to carry your love and your goodness out into the world? Amen.